Out of the pen, out of the mound, second hour of Sports Talk is here. Final weekday Sports Talk hour of this week. Tomorrow, Illinois Volleyball against Missouri State. So you'll hear that in this time slot. So we are doing a Friday on a Thursday here as far as Sports Talk's concerned. First in OSF Illini Friday brought to you by OSF On Call Urgent Care. With same-day walk-in care for minor illnesses and injuries, head to osfhealthcare.org for locations. And since it's a Friday in air quotes, Brian Barnhart's coming in next segment for the Illini Notebook. Help us get ready for Illinois and Virginia. We're also going to play the ever-popular two out of three ain't bad if you are interested in any combination of going to our tailgate on Saturday or going to the Esquire with uh, some gift cards in hand. It's actually a cardstock paper, but you get the point. You'll want to play two out of three, so be ready to get your uh, fingers ready to dial our number, 217-356-9397. Not now, but coming up this hour, and you could be a contestant to win two out of three at least and be a winner which also gives you some bragging rights as well. Okay, Evan Kahn, good to see you, sir. Hello, hello. Um, if you're a baseball fan of uh, the, the the big, attractive teams here in this area, you're not too happy with results today. The Cardinals have lost 11-6 to to the Washington Nationals. Again, a day after a very unlikely comeback in the ninth inning. Baseball. Yeah, and a day sometimes two. you're good, sometimes you're lucky. And sometimes Yadier Molina goes yard twice. Luck. Or or, <laughs> he or over the fence. I was going to say, this <laughs> guy went into last night with an OPS about what it, it reads on the scale when I step on there. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes, you know, even a, a broken clock is right twice That's a day. right. When it comes to power hitting, yeah, Yadier Molina, not, not, some, not exactly an Aaron Judge, right? Uh, the White Sox tonight against Oakland pregame at 8 p.m. You'll hear it here on DWS. But good news, Cardinals fans, for the moment. Well, not anymore. Milwaukee's taking the lead over San Francisco, 2-1. to one. So this could be a little belt-tightening time there in the NL Central. It's also the opener tonight of NFL football season on Amazon. So we've got that going as well. And, of course, college football on our mind with Illinois and Virginia coming up on Saturday, and the schedule dropped. Boy, they drew this thing out, didn't they? <laughs> but I'd say. But Illinois basketball's schedule is now known. Yesterday, the women got theirs. The men get get theirs today. And the Big Ten portion of things starts on the road December 2nd at Maryland before uh, the next Big Ten home game, which is December 10th on a Saturday. A lot of Saturday games. In the schedule, uh, I see at least two, three at home for Illinois on a Saturday through December and January. And then they've got some road ones as well. But uh, that's the way it's supposed to be. College basketball on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, college sports in, in general, I, I think, are, are built for the weekend. You, you think of all the festivities that go into them, maybe not here in the winter when you're just trying to escape the cold by getting into the State Farm Center. But, yeah, we, we enjoy them when they're happening on the weekend. And, and we knew who the opponents were, just kind of seeing how it, it lays out it is nice. But I kind of forgot that don't have to go to the rack this year. That's not bad. Sadly, Iowa doesn't get to come here. That's been the best environment over the last couple of years. So don't get to, to see that. And then the lone matchup with Purdue is the very last day of the regular season. And so it's so Mackey. That, that means that it counts, right? Sometimes eh, this game happened in December. You know, they weren't in full strength. We're going to have the whole season, and then Illinois and Purdue are going to duke it out. I don't think that the Boilermakers are going to be quite as good as they were last year, but it, it makes for an exciting last day uh, of the Big Ten season. I'm wondering which team we're looking at that. That will go. Eh, what are they going to be this year? Penn and then State, and, and 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 then they're going to actually be or there. Maryland. Those are the is two you think that we go. Nah, and then they're going to be actually good. Probably. I I really like Micah Strewsbury. I, I think he's going to get things figured out there at, at Penn State and with Maryland. That's just kind of how they are. And when they were quote unquote down and, and it forced Mark Turgeon out of a job, they were still pretty good. And Illinois ha- had fits with them all the time. I know it's a different roster. They're a little kryptonite, aren't they? Yeah. The matchups are a little better now without a, a big seven-footer standing in the middle, unable to move around. So might help out the Illini a little bit, but uh, Danny Manning's been hitting the recruiting and the transfer portal hard to to get Maryland back to where they think they should be. Yep, so Illinois uh, in uh, Maryland on December 2nd, and then, I don't know, maybe they'll stay out there on the East Coast because they go up to New York a few days later to play Texas in Madison Square Garden. That's a 6 p.m. tip, Don't they have the school? Um they 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 have ways around that. They have way, they student have ways. athletes. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd only be missing wink, two. Wink. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a labor status, my friend, not an academic status. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> For now, that's a labor status. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the lone visit to Iowa is on February fourth. There is a stretch in the middle of January. Uh, where Illinois is home more often than not, and then there's a stretch in the middle of February onward where Illinois is away from home more often than mm-hmm. not. So there's maybe a, a little bit of them. Nah, we don't. It's not quite even in that sense. I mean, it's even in the total number of games. But there you go, a schedule. And I would just say uh, more Saturday games and just a little more uh, even rhythm in the schedule as well. Well, yeah, that's what we're, we're counting Two on games for, the, a week, for the first time in a long time. No cancellations, no delays or, or whatnot because of a, a pandemic. And, and you can lay out a schedule and figure that everybody kind of stays there. You don't have to build in uh, unnecessary makeup days. All right, uh, Brian is coming in here in in a little bit for two out of three. Um, uh, we're also going to just take a couple of moments to learn about an upcoming walk for ALS here in town. We'll uh, spend a few minutes of that, and then two out of three is on the docket as well. If uh, if you'd like to play, be ready to give us a call on that. Hey, the new school year is in full swing. It's go time for the teachers. We here at WDWS and Duncan are brewing up a perfect way if you'd like to say thank you to a favorite teacher. It's in celebration of all our local educators inviting you to submit your favorite teacher's name for a chance to win a $25 gift card to Duncan. You can go to WDWS.com, click on the contest page. We also put it up 
on our Facebook page as well. Enter the name of your favorite teacher. Give them a chance to win from Duncan. The Notebook is next. Sports Talk on a Thursday, not a Friday, because we don't have a show tomorrow. We do the Illini Notebook now. Welcome in. Scott Nevin here and Brian Barnhart, voice of the Illini. They take on Virginia. 3 p.m. is the kickoff on Saturday. Our coverage begins at 1 p.m. And Brian's Notebook is brought to us by Guido's, Jupiter's, Billy Baru's, and Seven Saints. Brian, appreciate you uh, working us into your schedule. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Amid all the travel, yeah, Yeah. sure. Welcome back. I'm sure it was (laughs) tough sledding to do a game prep on a beach. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was was great down on the Gulf Coast and had a great view of the beach and Took it easy a lot of the time, but did a little work in the meantime, and yeah, it's a great office. Yep, I, I <laughs> similar to your backyard here. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we got a pond over here. Yeah, Mattis, not too far Mattis off. Lake or whatever it is. Yeah, Mattis Pond. <laughs> the it's Gulf, Mattis mm-hmm. Lake. Yep, whatever you like. Birds, mm-hmm. water, yeah, trees. Uh, some prep you probably already did last year because these Cavaliers are a bit familiar, but a bit unfamiliar at the same time with the new coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it's a new coach, new two new coordinators. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall is gone, uh, left and went. I guess took a got a took his horse business. I didn't know he had a horse business. Hmm. Bronco, that's a good name for it, I guess. But no. I don't know if that's the name of it, but that's what he did, and he moved it from uh, Virginia to Montana. And took his horses with him, and he's just kind of in retirement right now. But So he left and brought in uh, Tony Elliott, who had been the offensive coordinator the last few years at Clemson. You know how good they've been. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting because you have the same left-handed quarterback who threw for a zillion yards, uh, but a new coach and a new coordinator and a whole different style of play. And an entirely new offensive line. Entirely. They started a freshman at left tackle the other day against Richmond. Mm-hmm. So they're a little vulnerable, I think, and that's why maybe Illinois is you know, a slight favorite in the game because of Virginia. I think people don't know what to make of them yet, and uh, they're just a totally different style of play. I had guys tell me, one guy tell me from Virginia that last year when they were in their hurry-up mode under Bronco Mendenhall, they basically said, get to the line of scrimmage, two receivers, just go down and crisscross <laughs> somewhere and just get open, and Armstrong will find you. That's about what they did. It was a little bit of a hair-on-fire offense. And, man, did they roll up a lot of yards. But they couldn't stop anybody. And if you and I thought about this the other day, um, at the time we played last year, when you looked at what Illinois' defense struggled, that was the last game they really struggled in because they changed schemes and did a lot of different things. But if you had thought at that point, well, Illinois would be lucky to win two or three games after you saw that game because it was going to be you know a long rebuild. And you'd have thought Virginia is going to win eight or nine, and maybe win the ACC. Well, they wound up six and six. We wound up five and seven. So it really and nearly six and, and six. nearly six and or six ourselves, seven and five. or seven and five. <laughs> it could have on a couple of games could have flipped. So it just shows you you can't read too much into those early games. But it is interesting that it's just a totally different setup now for Virginia. They're trying to run the ball, which they couldn't do last year and didn't. I I, I distinctly now that you bring it up, I distinctly remember sitting there in studio with you, Evan. And those touchdowns were piling up quick, and I was going, "Oh man, this thing is cooked." Not only in this game, but this team looks like it's got nothing, and it changed. 
Well, yeah, and and you mentioned it. That, that was the the first exposure, really, that, that we saw of Illinois struggling against a hurry up, a, a no huddle kind of offense, and those things came back up last week uh, against Indiana. And, and it's not really something that we see a lot, and it doesn't even, quite frankly, seem like something we're going to see a, against Virginia here this mm-hmm. weekend. But now the the book is out there. If you pick up the tempo on this Illinois defense, uh, they they might struggle a little bit. Yeah, well, if, especially on the last drive they did for sure i thought from the second quarter on all the way till that last minute i thought the defense was pretty solid i mean i don't think indiana did much of anything they couldn't run it and uh johnny newton was in the backfield like every time he turned around so um you know and and coach talked about this today at quarterback club about how the the quarterback for indiana was getting the ball away in about two or three seconds Mm -hmm. so while you say well where are all the sacks well it's hard to get to a guy if he's unloading it so quickly, part of that up-tempo offense you're talking about. So, um, yeah, but I, it'd be interesting to see now in a rematch, and it's one of the six or seven rematch games, I guess, this year for Illinois that Brett Bielema has talked about, uh, how we how far we've come defensively in the last year from that game last September 11th to now, almost a year to the day, and where Virginia is, we don't know for sure. They didn't, I mean... Richmond ran on them some, and but it's hard to tell in that first game what how good they are. Yeah, and imagine Johnny Newton will have some opportunities to be in the backfield again mm-hmm. against a young line or an inexperienced line. But how quickly does Mendenhall get rid of the ball? Uh, what kind of things do they dial up because they're still pretty skilled at receiver, and and they're they're you know we learned yesterday they're using a running back they didn't that maybe outsiders didn't expect to use. Yeah. Um, as he had three carries coming into this year. Yeah, as opposed to yeah. the Miami transfer, I think it's Cody Brown. Yeah, he might be able to play. Mm-hmm. There's a chance. So there's a little bit unknown there, mm-hmm. uh, but they got to get the ball. I don't think it's drop back and sit and 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 wait for your your throw kind of mm-hmm. day for for Armstrong. But we'll see what happens. I, right. I just I do feel like Illinois got more than a puncher's chance here to to win this game. Oh, I think so. I think they dominated physically the other night. In Indiana, they did everything but win the game. Now, the penalties hurt, and the red zone failures hurt, and a bad call hurt. I mean, I think everybody admits that was a bad call. So, they should have won the game, but they didn't. And that's all. It goes in the media guide as a loss, and that's all but anybody's going to remember. So Yeah. But but two and one oh. will be really different than yeah, one and two. Sure. And if you get the three and one going to Wisconsin, I think any Illinois fan would have taken three and one, four and oh. Oh, yeah. You get greedy though. You want to be four and zero, but hey, if you can't be four and zero, let's be three and one. And this, this, the Indiana game, and then now this game. This game got a lot bigger for Illinois. If you're talking bull bid, yeah, I think. yeah, uh, yeah, because this is the one that we say. Yeah, if they if they don't get this one, then then it's kind of an uphill sled. And you were counting on Indiana, so that this was was kind of house money and just the the left handed quarterback. Thing I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of forgot last year, Illinois faced back-to-back left-handed quarterbacks, mm. and Frank Harris from UTSA, yeah. who is still there, got to watch him on Saturday, which I'm going to get to, but uh, and Brendan Harris as well, when both guys worked out. But something that that came up as the game tinkered into the next day last <laughs> week. Yeah. All of the injuries or, or, or the players that were hurt, that came up in the UTSA game. They showed a, a shot of a lineman who, who legit looked, acted like he got shot. And he was standing there, and then he just kind of tipped over. And yeah. they're like, oh, we've got an injury on the like field. Soccer Time injury. out. Yeah, pause, pause, pause. 
I know that was a point of emphasis. Do you ever notice uh, players that, that are faking injuries? Um, I can't. I can't. I'm not good at picking that out. Yeah. Uh, Martin O'Donnell is. He, he kind of <laughs> recognizes as a player. I think he sees it a lot before I do. Mm. Um, I'm looking at ten other things, and I see a guy go down. But but uh, I think Martin pointed out a couple times he was. And there and was who was it that got penalized and the the Indiana guy clearly flopped mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah i remember i remember yeah. I, I can remember this the visual was it but Taz I can't nicholson the... or somebody yeah. yes yeah you know it was like and martin just groaned on the air i think you were there scott but he yeah. just groaned on the air like you're kidding me <laughs> i mean the guy clearly flopped so um we'll get more here into the notebook and, and more in this game but just as a quick aside the men's big 10 basketball schedule came mm-hmm. out so we know what illinois is doing but i don't know what you took away from it if, if you've gotten to dive into it much but it's very evenly spaced out, and I don't recall it. Maybe it's just because of the pandemic, but I don't recall it this sort of mm-hmm. balanced in mm-hmm. in a while. It's usually two games a week, and there's a lot of Saturday games, which fans will like. Yeah, they'll like that. Do we have any Saturday games last I year? I think we had one, one or two. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, Something very like few. that. Yeah, very few. Yeah, that's that's good. Balance that out. I think, what, what did we start at? Maryland, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll so. be the first <laughs> true road game. Okay. Of course, there'll be several games already away from State yeah. Farm Center, but that'll be the first in an opponent's gym yeah. December 2nd. So about I have seven, eight, that yeah, because, seven. you know, Illinois had so much success against the Terps in basketball. Yeah. We're going to go out, see if they're out there for that, and then they turn around and go back to New York, right, the next mm-hmm. week. So, yeah, that's a busy schedule. Yeah, you can maybe just take the Amtrak up to New York <laughs> from right from. Well, DC. if we're playing in the Big Ten football championship, well, then you have to get back to Indianapolis. Yeah, Indianapolis that'll be a, yeah. yeah, that'll be that'll be a trick. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I, I I just noticed that, and I yeah. thought maybe that's that's a good change of pace instead of the look how loaded this schedule is kind of stuff. Now there's mm-hmm. a lot of road games to end the year. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the home games are kind of bunched up into January and early February, and then there's a lot of road at the end of the year. So that'll be a challenge for, mm. for Illinois. But I think on the whole, people look at that schedule and say, might be a bit of the one of the easier, quote, easier Big Ten schedules, relatively speaking. Which, but we already knew the opponents right. in the homes mm-hmm. in a way. Right. We just right. didn't know the dates. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, but that's basketball. That's uh, still one month, uh, two months minus one day away. Yep. <laughs> So there's a lot of football between then and now, starting with Saturday. 3 o'clock is the kick, and 1 p.m. our game day coverage. The Notebook from Brian Barnhart, brought to us by Guido's Jupiter's Billy Baruz and Seven Saints. All right, Brett Bielema's first two years, 14 games he's coached, 10 games decided by 10 points or less. A lot of close ones. Lanai 4-6 and six in those games. Chase Brown trying to be the first running back in the Big Ten with three straight 150-yard games in 20 years. Fred Russell of Iowa did that. I'm and predicting he won't. I think they want to spread it out. I think they're trying to put so. him on a pitch count. Yeah, but if, just my guess. But if Virginia can't stop the run, well, that that'd be different if he's just getting huge breaks. Yeah, but I don't. Okay, really maybe I should one. say yeah. I don't know about 36 carries again. That's what. Yeah, maybe that's they don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to wear him out. Chase is number two in the nation in rushing average, 175 a game. Uh, let's see here. Indiana only got 32 rushing yards on 26 carries the other night. And basically gave up running the ball. And the Illini led the time of possession by 13 minutes. Turnovers. And, and that was it. did everything but, but win the game. Uh, a couple of notes on the uh, Cavaliers. Brandon Armstrong is the left-handed quarterback. 4,449 yards last year. I was trying to see what 
Uh, we've had some years where we haven't gotten that as a team, I don't think. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, when you think <laughs> no. about it, I mean, that's over that's, the years. And that's in 12 games. They didn't even yeah. play in their bowl game. They did not play in their bowl game. Uh, 31 touchdowns, completed passes at a 65% clip last year. And he also had nine touchdowns rushing, five touchdowns throwing against Illinois. He's one of three quarterbacks in NCAA history to throw for over 4,400 yards in 11 games or less. Oh, because he got knocked out. Yeah. Two were Andre Ware and David Klingler of Houston, going back a few years. He threw for 554 yards against North Carolina and lost. He threw for 487 apiece at Louisville and at Pitt last year. God bless the ACC. Yeah. They got blown out by Pitt in that one, if I remember They did. Uh, Has thrown a touchdown in 18 straight games. He's the only only the third, fourth quarterback in ACC history to come back after throwing for 4,000 yards. Jameis Winston at Florida State, Deshaun Watson at Clemson, and Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, the other three. And he holds the number four spot all time in the ACC for throwing yards in a season. Deshaun Watson of Clemson, Matt Ryan of Boston College, and Philip Rivers of North Carolina State. Not bad. Company. Those are all. Those are all <laughs> pretty good names uh, for Virginia. So, but he and their receivers. They they and uh, you mentioned Texas San Antonio UTSA. They're the only two teams to have uh, three receivers return who had 725 or more yards a year ago hmm. receiving. So and you of course that's where Barry Lunny came from UTSA. So I don't know. Those are just some interesting little. Little tidbits that are in there. Here we go. Yeah, it, it's it, it's big, and I think it, I think it, the biggest reason this is big this Saturday is it uh, brings back anybody who's kind of down on Illinois right now from a fan standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, you get this win, kind of shows okay, we can beat another Power Five opponent, and a, fair or not, it will be perceived as quote progress. Yeah, so, I think there's well, a lot of this game. It, yeah, and it's interesting because you got two schools that are orange and blue, obviously from the color scheme, two really good academic yep. institutions, and two schools that are right now, and and that's what Brett Bielema was trying to change, you know. And, and I think Virginia's kind of in that they've had some success, but they're more known right now for basketball. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, people, you know, Tony Bennett, and they won a national title, and you know they're. They're um, in a state with a lot of other schools and uh, compete for attention, of course, in that state. But kind of similar in a way. Their their football programs kind of get lost in the shuffle, mm-hmm. and that's where you know. And I, one of the Virginia guys told me they have to really sell their program, you know. And uh, you know, Illinois has to sell theirs right now to try to get people to come and win some games, and that's what the, the building process that Brett Bielum is going through right now. Well, guys, I'm. Um Kind of disappointed in you both, but also uh, proud of you both at the same time. You didn't bring up Illinois and Virginia in the Micron mm-hmm. PC Bowl in 1999. Oh, <laughs> I knew it was coming. It all comes back to that. It, it, it was just a matter of time. You know, I was there. Did you catch Kurt you Kittner's t- throw into the seats? I didn't, but I yeah. saw it. Okay. I saw it happen. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> all right, Brian. We'll talk all to right. you Saturday. All right. Thanks, See you. Brian Barnhart, Line I Notebook. All right, uh, thanks to Brian, and uh, we will have game day coverage starting at 1 o'clock. Coming up, we're going to play two out of three. I want to let you know about some winners. So we saw them celebrating on Tuesday night when we were at the People's Choice. See you under construction. First place in basements for the second year in a row. They appreciate your business and the community that they serve here in Champaign-Urbana. 
And I appreciate everyone that was voting and recognized their amazing team and crews. They've been uh, good to us, too. They also placed among the best vote-getters in home improvement, painting, siding, electrical, restoration, and fences. See you under construction. You don't just have to take my word for it. You can read the reviews that are online, that are on their Facebook page. Just give them a call and see how they uh, treat you as a customer and how they want to help your vision come to reality. Even if you're not really sure what exactly it is you want to do, whether it comes to a new project, an addition, a renovation, they can help you uh, kind of flesh, flesh that out and get what you need to make your home great. They do business work, too. See you under construction, a People's Choice Award winner. More in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Two out of three is coming up. If you would like to play, give us a call. Third caller, 217-356-9397. We're going to play two out of three here. A chance for you to win to uh, eat at the Esquire or drink. And also go to our tailgate this Saturday. Taking a quick moment here to visit with Sam Corder as the Walk to Defeat ALS annual event is coming up at Parkland College out at Dodds Park. It's not at Parkland College. It's near Parkland at Dodds Park on Saturday, September 17th. Sam Corder joins us here on the line. Sam, thanks for making some time. You are with the ALS Association of uh, the Greater Chicago Chapter, and we appreciate your work. Yes, I am. Thank you so much for having me and taking some time to, to share the news. I'm excited to be here. Well, uh, this walk is is coming up, and it's a, it's a great event, but uh, zooming out, uh, serving a great cause as uh, this nasty disease continues to, to be a problem. Absolutely. We have been fighting ALS for many moons ever since before Lou Gehrig was diagnosed all the way back in 1939. It's a disease that is relentless but we are working and providing research, you know, worldwide, nationwide, and we really want to find an end so that no more families have to go through this disease. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not really a cure, is there? So this is, I mean, you, you do want to get the research, but in the, in the short term, you want to help people out. How are you doing that? Oh, that's a great question. We have some amazing programs for individuals and families battling Um, because this disease, like we said, is relentless. We need to make that journey as easy as possible. So we're taking care of things like support groups so people don't feel like they're fighting alone. We've got a medical equipment loan program for, um, you know, so we can help anticipate and supply people with different equipment to make their lives easier um, as they progress through the disease. We're also providing caregiver education. We've got an amazing team of care service individuals who are familiar with an ALS journey because it's so isolating and, you know, it's rare. So some people don't know what it is that they're facing. So we've got an amazing team and we want to provide as many services as we can to individuals and families battling. What's the goal with the walk coming up? We are trying to raise $60,000 so that we can provide the, all these amazing care services for families battling locally. Um, we have amazing teams that have got us already over halfway to our goal before the event has even happened. So we're so excited. We're returning back in person. We're going to be walking for awareness and support and also raising money that's going to have year-round effect for families battling. Do you have any options uh, for folks that uh, can't do the whole thing or uh, you know just want something bite-sized? 
<laughs> yeah, that's a great, great question. So we have been doing many walks to defeat ALS, kind of giving you the tools to have your own walk to defeat ALS for the past two years during the pandemic. And that's still an option today. So if anybody out there wants to host their own little mini walk to defeat ALS, that can look like a walk around a park, a walk around your neighborhood, anything like that. Just let us know and we'll get you the tools. And if you have the chance to come out on the 17th, you know, we, just come join us, even if you don't want to walk the walk. <laughs> We've got lots of support and fun for you. Event opens at 8.30. The walk starts at 10 a.m. A week from Saturday, the 17th, at Dodds Park, the Walk to Defeat ALS, Sam Corder with the ALS Association. And there's more info and, and all that at ALSChicago.org, correct? Yep, perfect, yes. All right, well, we appreciate your time, Sam. Thanks so much, Scott. I appreciate it. Thank you, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, nasty stuff. Let's help combat it with the walk to defeat ALS. All right. We are going to play, when we return, two out of three. And I didn't mean to confuse the phone traffic there. So third caller, 217-356-9397. And if you can be when uh, if you can answer two out of three questions about uh, current sports going on, you can go eat and drink at the Esquire on us, and you could also go to our tailgate this Saturday and eat and drink there. Kind of a double dip. So join us and play two out of three. Evan and I are back right after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, look at that, Evan. We we got the staff composer to make us a game show theme. It's everyone's favorite game. It's two out of three. The greatest radio game show on the planet. Welcome in, everybody. And let's go to the phones. Our contestant today is Jim. Hey, Jim. Howdy. Hey, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Banner. All right, Jim. You feeling good? You feeling knowledgeable? Uh, I don't know. First time I played this game, so maybe one out of three. Okay. Well, remember, two out of three ain't bad if you can get there. But I'm in such <laughs> okay. a generous mood that if you can get even one, you'll at least get some tailgate passes. And if you can get two, I'll give you 10 bucks to the Esquire. If you can get all three, you get the tailgate and 20 bucks to the Esquire. All right? Hey, sounds good. Okay. Here we go. Evan, you got to keep score, all right? All right. I got the counter ready. <laughs> Here we go. Question number one for you, Jim. After gaining nearly 200 yards on Friday night against Indiana, what Illini running back was yesterday named the National Running Back of the Week? Chase Brown. Correct, sir. All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. You've already got some tailgate passes. One down. All right. I'm not trying to be biased, but we do like baseball, so we're having another baseball question. All right. Question two. What New York Yankee is currently on pace to break Roger Maris's single-season home run record that is the record for the Yankees and the American League? Aaron Judd. All right. Very good, sir. All right. We've got, wow. Jim, you're the best player we've had so far. Two out of two. (laughs) All right. Here we go for the sweep. Are you ready? Yep. The University of Illinois this weekend, in fact, tomorrow is hosting a Women's Sports Summit in conjunction with the 50th anniversary of what statute? 
Um, title nine. How about that, Evan? How do you do? Three out of three. He swept the series. Jim, congratulations, my friend. You're uh, you're going to get a couple of tailgate passes. Uh, if you want to go to that, you got to come pick those up tomorrow. All right, and then uh, okay. twenty bucks for you to go to the Esquire as well. All right, man, that's great. Appreciate it. Hey, hang on the line, and Ed'll get your info. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Great work. That's right. We we were. Did we get a winner last week? I can't remember. We did. Yeah, that was yeah. That was a guy that asked us questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, two out of three. It'll be back again next week, and your chance to go eat and drink at the Esquire. All right, Karen Ontel here. Till the top of the hour, my friend. Speaking of uh, Aaron Judge and the Yankees, did it wow. again? Wow, what is he up to? Fifty-five. Mm-hmm. Fifty-five, and it's legit. As in, no artificial that enhancements. Yes, I mean, yeah. I mean, other than the fact that he's what is he six five and huge? He's like six eight, I think. <laughs> Something. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> it, it, there, I should have saved it, but somebody ha- has gone in depth to compare all of the the home run title holders. However, you skew it, whether it's Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, Maris, Ruth. Whoever it is, Aaron Judge arguably has had the hardest path to get there in the fact that he's faced starting pitchers three times through the least amount of times out of all of those players. He's faced relievers less than two times out of all of those guys. And Babe Ruth, if I ha- I don't have the exact number. I, again, should have saved it. But Ruth faced somewhere around 67 pitchers. The year that he hit 60, and Aaron Judge has already faced like 250 pitchers this year. So, data wise, just going off of at bats and having familiarity with the the pitchers that you're facing, Aaron Judge has had a, a a tougher hill to climb. I know there's all kinds of different factors playing baseball in 1927, traveling on a bus, you know, no real eating hot dogs and drinking beer. Yeah, yeah, you know, don't don't they, they didn't necessarily treat his body like a temple like Aaron Judge possibly does. But no, nonetheless what what Judge is doing is just insane and to think that Maris's record has stood this long um shows you that juice doesn't do it all. <laughs> Speaking of records, uh, the Cardinals lose today, but uh, Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina did tie the Major League record for uh, battery mates, making their 324th career start together. Incredible. Uh, and they would, uh, they'd be up again in six days on the 14th. To break it. To break it. Mm-hmm. And that'll be actually against the Brewers. That'll probably be an important game. Uh. But uh, Cardinals lose today. Um, boy, it just, you know, sometimes these are the stories in sports that just the tug at your heartstrings because you feel like somebody finally got a win that they deserved. And Dabo Sweeney, new 10-year, $115 million contract with Clemson. And it's just like, you know, he's finally getting some recognition. Yeah, shame on those kids for changing schools when they want. <laughs> right. <laughs> no loyalty. I mean, come on, they're giving you a free education. Shouldn't you just stick around for four years no matter what? Don't you feel that that criticism has actually kind of gotten quiet? Not really, no. Really? I, I still hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not going enough into the dark web. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it's out there, but I, I mean, you, you just... Yeah, it, 
it is it is what the market is for a football coach. I'm not disputing really that. Um, I, I, yeah, but but, yeah, but you how know, can you look God at somebody forbid, and say, yeah, you don't get any of that? Yeah, you try to tell students you can't change schools, you can't make any money, only I can make $11 million a year because I'm going out there and playing 22 positions every Saturday. No, it's bogus. Pay them all. Yeah, football is your life. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, real quick, Brett Bielma today had a, a, a practice update as they get ready for Virginia. Thursday practice got out of it injury-free, um, so we're making progress from where we were last week. So uh, Julian actually has practiced this week, and we expect him to be back with us. So gives us a little more depth on the offensive line. I think one of the highlights, though, um, has been the way that Jordan Slaughter the last two weeks has stepped in, and, and I think it's given, showing us we got some depth on the offensive line. Uh, really, everybody else, Josh McCray won't play in this game, but everybody else that uh, played a week ago, should be back with us. Um, Henry and Boy- Henry Boyer is the only guy. He unfortunately had a little uh, a little stinger issue that uh, uh, he's probably going to be back for us the week after uh, the bye week, but uh, this week he won't be. Um, thought our guys have practiced well all week. They were anxious to get back out there. Obviously, the disappointment last week has you know, kind of bled through all the way to this, this point where we're at now. I think our guys are excited to get out on the field. All right, that's uh, Brett Bielma's little wrap-up there on the week of practice. Next time you'll hear from him will be pregame on Saturday and kickoff at 3 p.m. No show for us tomorrow. We'll have Illinois Volleyball against Missouri State. So, Evan, enjoy uh, a little bit of a breather before we're back together on Saturday. Yeah, big one. We'll, we'll see how the fans respond and how the Illini respond after that loss last Friday to Indiana because you got to get this game. Thanks to OSF on an OSF Illini Friday on a Thursday. Brought to you by OSF Medical Group's primary care. Providers offering seamless care from birth to seniors. Go to osfhealthcare.org to learn more. Nick Quartaro, Nancy Thies-Marshall, Brian Barnard, all our guests today. Ed Bond on the other side. White Sox baseball tonight, 8 p.m. pregame with Len and DJ. And it's all here on News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Have a great night, everyone.